Welcome to The After Chat. Real questions, real talk, real life. I know you've seen Hitch. You guys live oh, right here. That's it. That, there you go. Way to, told me how to dance. Yeah, no, we see? Need, dude, we need really the, the, the montage in Footloose where Kevin Bacon taught Chris Penn how to that's, dance. That's we need to do that, that with Stuart. That's it. That, you're exactly right. That's it. So I got a serious question for y'all. Ready? It's a, it's a serious it's a question. question. It's a serious question. Ready. Really, it's serious? It's serious. I got a feeling it's not, but go ahead. What sound does a seal make? They bark like a, a dog. A seal? Mm-hmm. I just think of like oh, you want to make it. You want to do it. I thought about it. It's kind of like there's a particular person in Star Wars. I'm not going to. You're, do you're it. not going to do it. It's no, a character in Star Wars. A Chewbacca. Chewbacca. Chewy? No, it's not Chewie. I don't know. It's someone else, but I know vividly. I can think about it in my head. Nobody's I'm not doing do it. it on this is your gig. <laughs> this is your gig, bro. You got to do it. Hmm? I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be the. I don't want to be a seal. I don't. That's. I don't think they do that. I gave you a test. Yeah, that okay. was There's something a really wrong Look, with that. I'm seal. not 100 percent certain what sound they make, but that's not. Look, it. Until, <laughs> until one of y'all makes an attempt, you, you can't. You can't come at me. All right, hold on. Hold on. There you go. That's better. Can we YouTube that? Somebody pull that up. What sound? That's a terrible idea. That's a terrible idea. Well, hey, Liz. Hey, Liz, thank you for joining us because we're getting ready to crank up the AC around here. And around here, that means the after chat. This is where we have a real talk about real questions and what that means in real life. These are real questions, Ellis. Oh, excuse me. Real questions, you know, anything like that. Hey, Matt, you right out of my shop. Well, hey, I'm your host, Stuart Britton. I'm here with my co-host, Ellis Hobson. Our guests today are Ashley Davis. Lindsay Stetler and Michael Hedrick, we're so glad that you all are here with us today. And we're especially grateful for all of you watching or listening from wherever you are right now today, because we'll be talking about something that most likely affects you or someone that you love. In fact, this affects one in five Americans and one in three teenagers right now. That's the latest statistics. And that is the most common, what we're going to be talking about is the most common mental illness, which is anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. Now, just to be clear, we're not here to diagnose anxiety disorder. We're not here to fix it. We're just here to have a compelling conversation on how it affects our lives and to give some perspective on PCC's weekend teaching on this topic. So with that, let's get into our discussion. Who would like to share how has anxiety affected your life? I'll start. Um okay. Because mine got re-diagnosed recently. So I've always kind of had it. Like, I'm just a very anxious person. I also have ADHD, so I kind of bounce around. So I'm anxious about multiple things at one time. It's, it's really fun. Um, but once I had a child that I had to care for, it got way worse. Because, um, you know, when it's, which is me and my husband, he could kind of be self-sufficient. He can kind of be fine. And I could kind of be in my own anxiety bubble and it was okay. Um, But now that I have a child who is fully reliant on me, it was really hard and he got sick a lot all the time. And it was always the worst case scenario. It was never anything minor. And so it just kept getting worse and worse. And I would always be worried about, like I'd be going out in public and if we were playing at a park, I'd be like, oh, he's going to hit his head on that rock, even though it's like super far away. But to me, I'm like, it's going to happen. And what do I do? I need to have a plan A, B, and C. If the ambulance has to come, if I have to drive them, what are we going to do? Who's going to watch the other kids? It was just 
It's always how it is. Oh. And um, I went into my doctor, I think it was like a couple months postpartum, and he was like, oh, how you feeling? You told him the whole spiel. And I was like, yeah, just, you know, normal stuff. And he goes, that's not normal for you to feel that way. And I was like, oh, <laughs> good to know. Uh, so uh, I did get on medication for that because I also had some postpartum depression in there, which didn't help either. I was crying all the time and didn't know why. And I just figured, oh, new mom life. This is what, this is what all moms do. It's normal. And it's not. So uh, it's, I mean, being a new mom is extremely hard. And I also was working and my husband worked really weird hours. Luckily, I get to work here so I could kind of go into Angie's office and pass off the baby and she would happily take them. But uh, it was it was really difficult and all those things piled up and I had them right around the holidays, which normally I love Christmas and Thanksgiving and New Year's. But when you have a newborn, it's, it's rough because it's not the way you normally have it. So you're also missing out on what you had previously and now that your whole world is different. And I wake up, gears going. So I did get on medication for that. But even at nighttime, I have to like, one, pray about it. And that's like the Jesus juking answer. But like, for real, (laughs) once I started doing that, I was like, okay, I can kind of calm down a little bit. But to shut my brain off at night is extremely difficult. And it takes a lot of, I literally have to say to myself, like, stop thinking about it. Just go to bed. Just go to bed. It's fine. So. So it kind of builds throughout the whole day. Yeah. And then at night you're just overwhelmed. It's like a lot. And I'm, yeah. I'll be thinking about our schedules for the next day. Because mm. it's not just, oh, yeah, I should have a meeting. It's okay, but if he takes a nap at this time, I have to make sure I feed him at this time. I have a 30-minute drive. Mm-hmm. I have to pack this in this diaper bag. And then if I can't make it there, what if he's screaming during the meeting? And then it just keeps going. <laughs> Which, luckily, no one has, you know, ever said, like, don't bring your child. So it's right. just, though, it's no, my he's own fantastic. fears. He's quite fun. I'm impartial, but he's a blast. But like, it's just, it's my own fears. And I know that. And I'm trying not to project that on him. And my husband doesn't have anxiety and we've struggled a little bit because I would be freaking out. And he's like, but it like, it's okay. I'm like, to you, to you, it's okay. To me, I'm freaking out because I've already had to plan all the other things on the back end. So it's been a recent conversation, but now it's, it's gotten much better and I'm on medicine for it. So I'm able to kind of not be at a level 10 all the time, which definitely helped our marriage too. Cause I would get so snippy. Cause I was like, why don't you feel the way that I'm feeling? Like this is so agitating to me. And it would just cause unnecessary fights on my end because I would just get so aggravated. Did it feel like a, like a fight or flight, like kind of nonstop, like in your chest? Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't realize what I was having was panic attacks mm. because I would just be like, Oh my gosh. Like, and I would just get so tense and yes. like, I actually had to like go sensory overload. Yeah. yeah. And I actually had to take medication because I was so tense. My muscles were like so wow. stiff. The doctor was like, I can feel that you are like just holding on to tension all the time. And I would bite my teeth really hard and it's just mm-hmm. lots of fun things. But yeah, I constantly feel like I stay in fight or flight mode. Well, Michael, it sounds like you can relate to that. Oh, I can totally relate to what mm-hmm. she's talking about. The fight or flight. The the first time I had a panic attack, like yeah. I legit thought I was dying. It's scary. Like I was like, holy smokes. Like uh, I just covered up the mic, but uh, <laughs> I was just like, holy smokes. Like what is happening yeah. in here? Like it was just a complete like freak out. Yeah. But uh, to your point about the medication, like that was a struggle for me whenever like I first came to mm-hmm. Jesus, like, what do I do with this? Like, is it just a matter of, am I not praying hard enough? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, so the first time our senior pastor mentioned from the platform, 
Because, like, I had just started taking medication yeah. for it. And the first time he mentioned, hey, like, it's okay. Like, I've gone on medicine before. Yeah. Like, it's not an either or. Like, it's a both. Like, yeah. God gave us medicine. Like, mm -hmm. we can use it. Yeah. Like, that was a huge, like, I like, yeah. I like a sense of relief too. for me. Yeah. Mm. I didn't want to take it. I was like, no. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm like, one, like, it's not going to change. I'm mm -hmm. still going to feel this way. And I would freak out about it. And, like, I... I have plenty of students and we talk to students all the time with anxiety. That's one of my roles here. And I was like, you know, they'll ask me like, is it okay to take medication? I'm like, yeah. But then I was like, I have to, but I can't do yeah. it. Yeah. Like, I was yes. Like, no, no like, can't like, like for real. No, like, like it, <laughs> Lindsay, it's totally okay. Like go take medicine. You should take your medicine. Yeah. But then on the inside, I'm like, well, I'm not going to take no medicine. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> or you feel like you're fine enough to where you don't need it. Mm -hmm. yes. And then when I started taking it, I even asked my husband, I was like, what was our dynamic like after I started taking medication for it? Which not the end all be all. That's for me. That is what mm -hmm. I needed personally. Mm -hmm. um, he's like, it was vastly different. Like you were a different person. And I was mm -hmm. like, really? Because, you know, it takes several weeks of adjusting to a new dose. Yes. And then after those weeks, you either go up or you stay. And it's, it's a very long process. I started it in August and I just recently found a dose that works for me. Um, so, so both of, I mean, you talked about when you go to bed, you pray to Jesus, you know, at the, mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And then you're talking about when you heard from our senior pastor that it was okay to take medicine. Yeah. So it sounded like just having that faith in God alone caused some anxiety on how to get treatment for it. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? Well, for me, it was this, like, is there something deficient in me? Yeah. Like mm -hmm. that's kind of where it came from, uh. came from for me. Like, well, if, you know, if I put my faith and all my trust in him, then I shouldn't need it. Right. Mm -hmm. But well, I, yeah. it's That's, a, it's, it's a, it's like a both. crisis in faith almost. Like, yeah. I must not yeah, okay. have enough. Or I wouldn't or be I feeling wouldn't this feel way. Like, this. Okay. like yes. I must not trust him enough because I've dealt with that. Like I must not, I feel like I trust him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, but why do I still feel this overwhelming? Yeah, this that's, yeah. Feeling of impending doom all the Yes. Time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm, I've been tossing the medicine back and forth. I'm not currently on anything. I'm not currently diagnosed with anxiety. I have been in the past, so that's why I kind of know it's back. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. And mine also reared its ugly head after children. Mm -hmm. Like, you're now responsible for this life, mm -hmm. and so many things go wrong. And then I also had a newborn when COVID hit mm -hmm. with special needs, and it's like, okay, okay. <laughs> like it's fine everything's fine like the series mm -hmm. i'm fine it's fine everything's mm -hmm. fine but internally you're, you're like freaking out yeah. like it's fine but it's not fine mm -hmm. and it does make you feel like it's a crisis of faith like i must not trust him so i've been wrestling and tossing back the idea of getting on medicine and deciding and praying and really trying to decide if that's what's right for me and i actually made an doctor's appointment and so i'm gonna go like in two mondays from now and just talk about options and just mm -hmm. figure out and i'm gonna pray from now until then <clears throat> and he usually lays a clear path for me so we're gonna that's how i'm gonna go from there good for you but man the question was like has it affected your life and it's affected every single area of my life it affects my job it affects my patience with my children, mm. my patience with my husband, my friendships because I won't go do things mm. because yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I've given everything I can for this week. I got nothing left to give. I went here and I did A, B, and C. 
D is not in the cards for me. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. got, I can't do it. I got nothing left. And so it's affected every aspect of my life, like mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. The social one was one I didn't, I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. I'm a very extroverted person. Me too. Love to hang out. I have FOMO. If I'm not there, I'm like yeah, a little bit too. offended. So I was like, <laughs> they didn't invite yeah, me. yeah. And it doesn't was, matter but, that I didn't come the last eight times. They still invited me. It's always nice to be asked. Yeah. But it was always weird for me because I was like, why? Like, I don't want to do any. I don't even want to go out to dinner because then I'm going to have to change. I'm going to have to get him ready. I was like, I don't want to do that. We're just going to get DoorDash. Mm. Where I would like, I love to go out to eat. Love Mexican food. Mm-hmm. I can always be there on like Taco Tuesday. But I was, I was not, <laughs> not having it. Yeah. It's weird. It just, yeah. you wouldn't think about it like well, that. Well, it's very paradoxical because like you, you don't want to be lonely, but then you self-isolate. Yeah. Mm. You, you know what I mean? Like Which you make, makes it worse. Yes. It's and like the, or a vicious you, cycle. You make, you make plans to do things, but then you cancel them. Mm-hmm. You yes. know, like it, it, it operates in that weird kind of way. Like you decide, oh, well, I'm going to go out and I'm going to set these goals, but then you don't have the motivation to get yeah. up and actually do it yeah. because you're sitting there inside your own head. At least that's kind of how it happens for me yeah. a lot of times. I noticed I did that a lot and I did find out recently I have fibromyalgia and so that also came into play a lot of like i am so physically exhausted mm-hmm. and i'm mentally exhausted i don't want to do anything anxiety makes you physically exhausted as well yes yeah, it does. i listened to a podcast today and it said stop canceling your life like mm-hmm. let your and she she said like let your yeses be your yeses and your nose be your nose mm-hmm. and i was like wow like if i say yes to something i'm not canceling it yeah. like i'm going I, I said yes because i wanted to do it yeah. So I need to just do it. And then she also says it was like, you imagine there's a shark circling, but there's no shark. Mm-hmm. But you thinking about and worrying about the shark makes you exhausted, which then means you can't go because you're now mm-hmm. exhausted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody like, should have told yes. you that. You're not allowed to mention other podcasts on our podcast. Uh-huh. So sorry, that was oh, <laughs> that probably should have been in the rules you got before. <laughs> I'll just pass it. <laughs> you know, hearing y'all talk. Oh, yeah, no, no. That's what I'm here for. Um, <laughs> hearing y'all talk, um, I I don't think I struggle with anxiety. I've never been diagnosed. Um, but I, I'm i kind of in the phase of my life where I'm, like, asking questions. Because mm-hmm. when I grew up, it was, like, almost taboo to, yeah. to talk about mm-hmm. that kind of thing in school with your friends or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so... I see kind of how it is now where people, we can have an open conversation like we're doing now about it. It wasn't like that back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it makes me think like, you know, kind of what you were saying, are some of these feelings normal, quote mm-hmm. unquote. And mm-hmm. so I, I see like a lot of people around me in my kind of age bracket uh, having that same inner conversation. Yeah. I'm like, I think it's, I think it's interesting how we can just have an open conversation about it. So. Well, I know a lot of times I say on here that hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Yeah. It seems like we're, we're always looking back. And just from what I've heard already, you all have shed light on how I've struggled with anxiety, but not me personally. It's someone that I love struggles with anxiety. I've never been diagnosed with anxiety. It's not something I've struggled with, but I have a daughter who did, who still struggles with it. Mm-hmm. And she did as a teenager. And I didn't understand it. I couldn't understand why she was the way that she was. And it helped me because my wife struggled with anxiety and she was able to explain it to me when my daughter couldn't. I needed that ambassador to explain to me what she's feeling because I hadn't never experienced yeah. those feelings myself. And I mean, when, when you talk about the crisis of faith and wanting to 
be around people, but wanting to be isolated. What you said just spoke volumes to me because I went right back to my daughter and I pictured that's how it really seemed like she was. She, she wanted to be with somebody or be around somebody, but she would isolate and she would go to her room or whatever. And I just couldn't understand that. So um, our senior pastor, Brian Hughes, he recently had a message on this where he shared a lot of good advice, some good tools on um, that, that we could use to cope with anxiety. But we're going to take a couple minutes and watch a clip from this um, message of his. And I want to come back and share about that clip. Let's do that now. Would I like for all my problems to go away, to never have any problems again, ever? Oh, you bet I would. And would I like to never be anxious about anything at all? Of course, and you would too, but we're grownups. That's not gonna happen. We know that's not gonna happen. Jesus, in fact, told his followers, you're gonna have trouble. He predicted it. It's certainly been true in my life and in the life of every follower of Jesus I've ever met. So since we know that problems and challenges and even crises are going to come our way. And since we all know that life is hard sometimes, and since we know by experience that life does not always work out the way that we want, what can we do? Well, when we're anxious, we can, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present our requests to God. And then we have access to the greatest gift, the peace of God, that will blow people's minds, including yours. The kind of peace that makes no sense. The kind of peace that will stop people in their tracks while they stand in front of you, jaw on the ground, and say something like, how is it that you can have peace in a moment like this? Well, what did y'all think of that? Wow. That was fantastic. It was very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, for those of you who are listening to this podcast, uh, Pastor Brown referred to a scripture in Philippians. And Ellis, would you share that with our listeners? Yeah, it's Philippians 4, 6. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So can you all relate to that as a Christ follower who suffers from anxiety? Does that scripture speak to you? Yes, like I think, sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, I was, when he talked about like coming with Thanksgiving and I, someone told me this years ago, I don't remember who said it, but it was a long time ago. And they said, always start off your prayer with something that you're thankful for. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, I've always done that. And it's been a game changer for me because it helps me not just pray out of fear. Mm -hmm. I can come like, okay, which is fine too. But I come in and I'm like, okay what are good things that happened today? What are things that I'm thankful for? And then I can get to the part of what I'm really anxious about, but it also helps calm me a little bit <laughs> mm -hmm. because I'm like, okay, well, even though to me this day was absolutely horrible, everything went wrong, these were the good things that happened. So it kind of helps balance a little bit. And I've always done that, done it that way. And it, it does bring peace and calming because the other day I was, it's going to sound like a super Jesus answer, but for real, <laughs> I was, I literally was freaking out about nothing. It was just, I couldn't help it. And um, I, earlier that day, read about putting on the armor of Christ. And so I just started praying. That. I was like, please, like, put this on me. I need to be calm. I need to be protected. And I, I don't know what it was. I just felt instantly like, okay, mm. I'm good. And I fell asleep probably two minutes later, not even joking. And I was like, wow, 
prayer yeah. <laughs> does wonders. <laughs> this wow. is great. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Well, no, I, in in Mark eleven, I wanted uh, I do have a verse that was very that's very helpful to me. Um, uh, yeah, here Mark eleven, and therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Mm. And so whenever my social anxiety, because that's typically like it's just going out in public a lot of times just gives me like crippling, <laughs> almost yeah. crippling anxiety, or at least it used to like and it would just be going to do good things like mm-hmm. taking my girls to softball practice and stuff whenever they would they were little. And so I would just pray for just the the calmness and the peace just to get through that one thing. Yeah. And then I would believe that I had that peace in me. And so I mean, prayer. Yeah. Who knew? It's a great thing. You know, uh, so, <laughs> yeah. so like that, like, but it's just praying and then believing that you have it. And coupled with medicine, like, well, to, it helped me tremendously. To me, the craziest thing about anxiety is that, like, three years, uh, well, I guess three and a half years ago now, when I was, like, at my highest in my faith, mm-hmm. like, that I've ever been. I was good mentally. I felt good physically. I felt good spiritually. I was a mom to a three-year-old. Like, I was, like, rocking life. I was, like, feeling good. (laughs) I was, too, in leadership in my professional life. I was doing leadership through church. Mm -hmm. Like, we were rocking and rolling. Firing on all cylinders. Yeah. I I was like, we got this. And I got pregnant with my second child, and we were rocking and rolling through that. Like, Mm -hmm. everything was great. And at the 12-week ultrasound, they thought they saw something wrong. And they did. And then they diagnosed him with spina bifida. And I was still just like, it's okay. Like, of course, I grieved what I thought his life was going to look like. And that was super devastating, I guess. But then I was like, all right, it's fine. God's got us. Like, he's got a plan for this child's life. And we're going to move forward with it. And we decided to do, like, a really invasive surgery with it. I never once felt anxious. I was like, I'm strong in my faith. Like, this is great. Never once felt anxious. Even when I went in for surgery, they were like, no one's blood pressure has ever been this low. Are you not nervous? I was like, I'm not. When about the 50th person came in and introduced themselves, I was like, okay, I'm getting a little nervous now. (laughs) And I never felt anxious. And then as soon as I had him, it was like, it flooded in Mm -hmm. and it hasn't gone away since. It was like the time where I should have been most anxious in my life, I felt like held up by Mm -hmm. my church and by my friends and by my family. And then now when, like, he's so healthy, he isn't supposed to walk, and he's walking. He's supposed to have had brain surgeries. He's never had one. He's supposed mm-hmm. to have all of these things that he's never had to have. Mm-hmm. And they said he'll 100% have a NICU stay, and he never spent one moment in the NICU. Mm-hmm. Like, he is a walking, talking miracle, mm-hmm. and I'm still so anxious. Like, how can I look at that mm-hmm. and still feel anxiety? I really struggle mm-hmm. with that. Wow. Like, strongly struggle with that well I, I remember when you were um staying up in charlottesville mm-hmm. and we um my wife and i came to visit you and you were you were just i was fine you were just calm like, and we, like we're about, doing this yeah mm-hmm. and we had went through leadership uh some leadership training together too at that point and 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 that's one thing that i want to say too that it, you all serve here in roles that are on a platform in front of a lot of, and you said you had social anxiety, yeah. you know, and you stand yeah. in front of people every single Sunday, 
You yes. Know, just about, yes. And, and so do you all, yes. you know, and that is just amazing to me that you're able to, you know, get a rain on that enough to where I wouldn't know that. I would not know that about you yeah. unless we have these conversations, you know, like this. I you know, don't know about you guys, but I need a nap afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> like it takes it out of me. Sunday naps just hit different. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. Good naps. You know, seeing living examples of the peace that surpasses understanding like you all. Yeah. It's a lot of the reason I'm sitting here with you guys today because I started coming to church here in 2018 consistently. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I first started coming, it was like my my faith was very early. It was in the early days. And um, I remember like having a rough week at work and it absolutely throwing off my entire life. And then I would come here on Sunday and people would be like, oh, you know, it's not that bad. It'll be It'll be better next week. And I would get in the car afterwards and I would be a, like a little embarrassed and a little frustrated. Like, man, why? Like, how do they, how do they live like that? Yeah. But more so what was growing was like the curiosity. Like, yes. how do they have that? How can I get that? Mm -hmm. yeah. And so sitting here five years later, now I get it. Maybe. And uh, so it's really cool um, to see people who struggle with anxiety, how that, how that plays out in your lives too. Right. So. Well, one of the things that really helped me with it was just realizing that what I was experiencing is not unique to me, mm -hmm. mm. you know, and I think it's uh, it, in one of Peter's letters where he talks about, and he's talking about just Christian suffering, but I think it can be applied here as well. Like, you know, there's other people, there's other followers of Jesus undergoing the same trials and, and sufferings that you are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that means that at some point in time, <laughs> somewhere in the world, a follower of Jesus was experiencing whatever right. it is I'm experiencing yeah. right now and came through the other side. Yeah. And so, you know, once that, once I kind of had that realization and we started talking about it more openly here yes. at church, mm -hmm. like it removed that from me, yeah. that fear of just that isolating fear yeah. that I had. Well, Michael, that is a great point that you made right there. Well, hey, listen, for those of you watching and listening out there, we get real here at the after chat. And the truth is we're five church people sitting here talking about what anxiety looks like for us. And maybe you're out there, maybe you're still investigating who Jesus is and what it looks like to follow him. Well, I just want you to know, we have some great resources available to you. You can go to our show description. There's a couple links there. There's one to our website where you can um, ask us questions about what it looks like to follow Jesus. We'd love to connect with you there. Also, as I mentioned earlier, you can also find a link for Pastor Brian's entire message on anxiety. We hope that you'll take time to take a look at that. We hope you'll come back next week as we discuss something very similar on the next After Chat. We hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us for The After Chat. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To be the first to hear our next episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button and get notifications for new content. You can also follow us on social media on Instagram at PCC Wired and Facebook at Passion Community Church. For additional resources and links, check out the description. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on The After Chat.